and welcome to Fat Tuesday. It is Tuesday, and it's going to be fat tonight. Uh, I'm just going to open up with a quick little prayer. Hey, girl. Uh, Father, I just want to thank you and invite you into this place tonight. I, use me as a vessel, Father God, to pour out your word and let it come out, Father God, alive and active and ready to uh, penetrate every heart in the minds of all the people that are present and that will listen to this even later on or that are watching live. Father, I thank you right now for this opportunity. I do not take it lightly. I give you honor, praise, and glory. Father, enter into this place. Have your way in and through us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so for weeks we have been teaching on uh, the fivefold ministry. And I was just talking to Pastor DJ, and I was like, you know, I finally understand why the fivefold ministry. <clears throat> um, so we're just, I'm just going to go back to Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. And it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and our knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, merging up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. This is the key, that the fivefold ministry, when, when it is in place in the church, it is to equip the saints. This is what I was telling Pastor DJ earlier. I was telling him that when you have the apostles, the, the pastors, the teachers, and everybody's on the, on the same wave link, right? Uh, everybody understands what their role is, and no one is trying to usurp, usurp authority over the other. When you have this in place, it goes back to that analogy of the six-cylinder car running on all six cylinders. That means that you are leveling up every person that comes in the house of God, that you are not leaving here empty, that when you have everyone in place, doing what they're called to do. This is the problem. This is what happens is you get people in here. You get, all right, I'll use, I'll use an evangelist just as a example. So you get an evangelist into a church setting, but they're not doing what they need to be doing. They get frustrated. They get mad at the church, and they leave, you know, and they're like, we're going to just do work in the streets, you know, but when things are done decently and in order, the evangelist is, is the one that has the zeal that keeps that alive because we will get complacent in our walk. I want you to think about it. You get, because when you first get saved and you get excited and everything's new and everything's wonderful, and then after a few years, if someone has not come alongside you to teach you and to equip you in the gifting that you have on your life, frustration sets in. Does that make sense? So what they do is a person like an evangelist, because they're fired up, they want to see souls saved. That's what they want. They, souls, if souls aren't being saved, there's a problem. you know. And if they don't have that opportunity to, to allow that, that grace to flow from them, frustration sets in. If a prophet, you know, that doesn't understand, you know, that that is the gift that's on their life, they will get frustrated as well. A teacher will, a, a pastor will. Uh, and, and, and I'm beginning to see those gifts like live and, and living color. And, and what this study has helped me to understand is it's helped me to understand me. It really has. It's really cool. It's, it should help you to understand you and where you're at and why you react or act the way that you act in certain situations. So, all right, before I even jump into that, let me, let me, let me keep going. We're, we're just going to skip on down to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. And it says, just as one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, 
employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God, God's multifaceted grace, right? Faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles of God. I'm going to stop right there. You are speaking as one speaking. We, we talked about this yesterday. I should have brought my, my lesson from, from Sunday. But you are speaking as if God is speaking through you. So the words that you are speaking should line up with his words in such a way that there is no mishaps in the body. You're not creating a crack in the body. You're not creating division in the body. People will get up and say things all willy-nilly all the time. And God says in his word that he will hold you. He holds those that in this place at a higher accountability. So you can't get up there teaching false doctrine and think that you're not going to have to answer for it. You understand? You cannot just get up there making up your own doctrine and thinking that that's going to fly in the eyes of God and think God put a stamp of approval on that. It is just not going to happen. Let me finish. And it says, whoever serves the congregation is to do so as one who, ser who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies so that in all things God, who might be glorified? God. God might be glorified. So, Every now and then, you know, I, I just, I know that a message that I've taught has been really, really good. And people was, you know, girl, that was, you know, and I absolutely try to point the glory back to God because I'm telling you what, I know me and I know that this is a special gift, a talent, an ability that was given graciously by God. So I don't take that glory upon myself. I know people think it's ignorant, you know, that, you know, girl, just say thank you and move on. I, I honestly just according to this, God gets all the glory, period. Do I enjoy what I do? Immensely, immensely. Love it, love it. I still get tickled when I see God move in a, in a marvelous way. I get, I mean, and, and I, I will probably never get used to, you know, uh, signs, miracles, and wonders. You know, because I'm like, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, look at God, you know, and, and that it brings joy to me. But for someone to look at me and think that I did it is wrong. God did it. Yeah, I don't care how much studying I do. That's still by the grace of God that I can remember it. You understand what I'm saying? So I give glory, and it says, this is what it says, so that in all things God may be glorified, honored, and magnified, and that's what he wants because when God is magnified, magnified people, people don't get exalted in their own self. And I think that's what's happened in the 21st century church is we've given so many data boys, you know, to people um, and, and platform ministry that they think that they're untouchable and that they can do anything and operate any way. And that is just not so. It is not so. So, you know, I'm like, I will give a preach, you know, and an amen and a heartbeat, you know. But as far as exalting you, I understand that it is God's gift that he's placed on you to do this, and it's to bring glory to him, not to man. So, all right, so uh, John 7, 18, and it says, The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. And this happens a lot. I mean, a lot. So we've, we've been talking about apostles, prophets, you know, and, and teachers, pastors, evangelists. And any one of those people can speak on their own accord to bring glory to them, themselves. But you will not see the power of God in your life the way God would want to demonstrate that through you unless you come into alignment with him. And this is, this is what I'm saying. 
So when you're, when you're, when you, every, everybody prophesies, everybody has, I told you all, everybody has the ability to prophesy. But you, and everyone has the ability to prophesy. Everybody. And I'm going to tell you where that comes from. It comes from being governed by your own emotions. It comes from saying things based on things that you already know or, uh, or, or it comes from where you have taken sides with someone instead of taking the side of God and standing on even ground. So when people prophesy, and they prophesy, you know, we talked about it last week. Last week it wasn't recorded, but we talked about it. This is the example I gave, the woman at the well. Jesus knew everything about her, everything, everything. So we could say today, you know, that, you know, she may not have been a prostitute, you know, but she was a little loose, right? She was loose. And... Today's prophet would have said, girl, all loud and obnoxious, you know, the man you living with ain't your husband. And the other five, and just, you see what I'm saying? You need to get yourself right. But what did Jesus do? He waited until she was alone so that he could minister to her, what, one-on-one so that he can tell her and to bring her in in such a loving, kind way that she would be effective for the ministry after he finished with her. Right. So he did not embarrass her. He did not shame her. He did not, he didn't go through all that, you know. And and God could give me a word about any person in here and where you're at and where you're not leveling up at and from from here but guess what it's going to come from here when you and I are alone and and I can minister to you and tell you that you know what that's not God's best for your life God has so much more for you so prophecy doesn't have to be from an emotional standpoint you've got to be able to kill that part of you seriously and that's the problem you know is that we don't kill that part of us. We allow, that's just how I am. No, no. When, when you came into this, when the conversion happened, there was some transformation that should have happened, and there was some meditating on the word that would have transformed your thinking and that would have helped you to operate in love the way God called you to operate, in agape love. And then you don't pick and choose what you say to people or how you say to people. Then you don't pick and choose sides. You don't have to choose a side. You're on the side of God, and you're on the side of right. And you're not governing yourself by your emotions. And that's the problem with the church today is that we still walk by our emotions. And God's not called us to walk by our I'm not saying you can't have them. There is a place for them. There is. But the place for them is not here. He says to walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. What are the lust of the flesh? Choosing sides. Choosing to to, uh, condemn. Because that woman at the well left there and started a ministry that drew people in. Let me tell you about a man that told me all about myself. and, And that's how her ministry started. It started from that. Let me tell you about a man that told me all about myself. And she's got a full throat. She got, Jesus came in and absolutely redeemed not only that lady, but that town. And that's how effective she was when she left from the presence of Jesus. And he did not condemn her. He did not make her feel shameful. He did not embarrass her. So today's prophets have to, to, to be able to hear from God and operate the way God's called you to operate, not the way, not this is just how I am. No, it's not. It's ineffective. 
And you can be so much more effective in this body when you operate the way he's called us to operate. Because the way he's called us to operate should be equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. People should leave uh, 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 any person in the five-fold ministry wanting more of God, having a desire to, to, to teach, having a desire to evangelize, having a desire to prophesy, having a desire that they should want more of the apostolic in their life because that grace should be flowing from you and it should be activating. That grace is an activating grace. It should be activating. You should be able, you should leave uh, Sunday mornings, you know, or Tuesdays or whatever meeting you're in wanting more of Jesus. So, um, so like I said in John 7, 18, it says the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. So when you hear things and, 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 okay, so if everything, everybody is firing, if your church is firing on, on all five cylinders of the fivefold ministry, then when someone gives you a word that doesn't line up, you should be able to detect it because of the equipping that has taken place in the church, in the body. When someone tells you something, you know, some type of doctrine or how they understood the word or understand the word, you should be able to say, oh, no, that's not right. You know, and you should be able, because of the equipping of the saints. So, Proverbs 4 and 7. And this is, I'm, I'm gearing this towards teachers. I've, I've talked about prophets. I think I've talked about apostles. Did I talk about apostles a little bit? We can, we'll, we'll close out on, on anything that I've missed. And I think I can, I can do that in the next couple of lessons. And then, by then, Rhonda will be back. And she's going to teach the class on prophecy and how to prophesy. And we're going to do that in here. Okay? So, Proverbs 4 and 7. And it says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And at all you're getting, get what? Understanding. That is what a teacher does. So a teacher studies in such a way that she can get wisdom. So a, a teacher, I'm, I'm telling you, I've learned so much about myself. So a teacher, I always want to teach so that you will get understanding. Always. I don't want anyone, I always, I do my best to have an answer whenever I'm asked anything. And it's because I just, I want to be able to, I, I don't want anybody ever leaving. And if I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. I'm not going to make up something. I'm going to go, girl, I don't know. And I'll, I'll search it out. You know, people ask me some far-fetched things. You know, why did this happen? I honestly don't know. But the thing I do know is that we live in a kingdom and God has, has given angels charge over us, so use them wisely. Don't just go, and I'm talking about when, when freak accidents happen, but this is what you got to understand. So the enemy has an assignment, and his, his assignment is what? Kill, steal, and destroy, right? Every person in here has a kingdom mandate on their life. Every person in here is called to something. And what we have to understand and stop sitting back and thinking that uh, we're going to just be okay is that the enemy doesn't care where you're at, how long you've been in it. He doesn't care if you're in the world, out of the world. His assignment is the same. What is it? Kill, steal, and destroy. So why leave yourself open just to go out and drive down the road without dispatching angels? That, that, we, I, I'm adamant about it, adamant about it. Every time I get in the, because he does not care, and if you're doing anything to impact the kingdom, do you not think there's a target on your life? You understand? Yeah, does that make sense? All right, so let me, give you, let me give you a little, you know, example. So Tim and I went to, we were driving to Pensacola a couple of weeks ago, I was going to Rick's church for ordination, for an ordination. 
And on our way down, Tim and I'm talking about, y'all, we were just having a good time, enjoying each other, talking. And I'm like, I just love doing life with you, Tim. This journey's been the best journey. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a deer pops up and we hit it. Right? I'm talking about we didn't see it. There was no, I mean, nothing. It was like it just came up out of the ground, just like that. And boom. I'm talking about we were like probably three feet from it. I mean, there was no stopping, no dodging it, no, no, we're only ones on the road at the time. And I was talking to my daughter on the phone, and phone went dead, everything went dead, car went dead, it, it was crazy. So I call her back, and she was like, Mom, are you okay? And I was like, no, we just hit a deer. And she said her first words, you know, well, she asked if we were okay. And we were like, yeah, we're okay. And she said, did you all not pray before you got on the road? And I said, Haley, no, we didn't. We didn't. I thought about it. I was like, we didn't. So any opportunity that the enemy will have, he will take a shot at you. Now, I'm going to say, I know, somebody's going to say that's pretty far-fetched. You know, you can say whatever you want. The enemy is looking for any opportunity, any opportunity. So that's why God called us to pray he says, you pray like this, our Father which art in heaven, you know, and then he says to pray, thy kingdom come. Father, I pray your kingdom come. I pray right now that angels will surround me. I pray right now that your favor will surround me like a shield. Father, I'm at, I'm, we always do that. When we get on the road, Tim, we take turns, you know, whoever. Tim, did you cover us? No, I haven't covered us yet. You pray, and I'll pray. And we didn't do it this time. We didn't. We were just riding along, having a good old time, enjoying life. Yeah, I'm going to get be ordained, you know. Yes, you know. But when you think about it from a from from a spiritual perspective, okay. So what was I going to do? I was going to I was going to be ordained. But what does that give me? In that territory. And not only um, was I going down there to, am I, did I go down there? I, I've preached there several times. Uh, they've invited me down there to do a, a women's retreat. What did, what did you think? That's territory, taking territory. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't the attack be on? Does that make sense? So I don't look at anything as being, ah, it just happened. I think we have to be strategic in our thinking. And don't allow the enemy in at any, any angle, any, any place in your life. So that's why we have to always be thinking kingdom-mindedly in everything that we do. So God's called every person in here. Every person in here has a mandate on their life. You're called to do some great and mighty things for God. This is not the time to sit back and chill and think that nothing can ever happen to you. And this is not from a fear thing. I, I don't, I'm not trying to create fear. I want you all to have confidence in knowing that the kingdom of God will come and surround you, that his favor will surround you like a shield, that God will protect you, that the whole armor of God is a real thing. I want you to understand that, that that's who God has called us to be. And to operate. So that's why he says to pray without ceasing. Because, all right. So if he said that he will forewarn his prophets, you know, before anything happens, then who is listening and who are the prophets? And why aren't we being warned? So before anything happens to the church, the prophet should rise up and say, guess what? I was praying last night, and this is what the Lord showed me. But what people, people second-guess themselves because they're like, ah, that couldn't be for us. That's not for me. Uh, look, I see it now. I see the eyes, and everybody's like, yeah, you know what? The Lord has shown me some things, and, and you withhold it because you don't think that God's going to use you. You don't think God's speaking through you, and he is. And you know what? What's it matter if it sounds crazy? So if someone gives you a prophecy that doesn't, that you don't, oh, okay, let me, may I give you an example? Okay, 
So I, told, I already told DJ this. So I was, someone gave, in church, wrote out on a little piece of paper, Miss Teresa, she wrote out on a little piece of paper, she just wrote my name, she wrote Brownsville Revival, 1995, Father's Day, magazine, write a, she says a mini book, write it. That was it. I had no earthly idea what that meant. Oh, I'm sorry. She put Pensacola on there. And I looked at that, and I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and I kept, it stayed in my purse for months and months. Every time I'd go in my purse, I'd pull out that. I have no earthly idea what this means. None. You know, put it back in my purse. You know, so you just shelve it. Someone give you a, wor- a word that you don't understand, just shelve it. So I'm driving. I'm driving to Florida. And I was, wasn't even thinking about this word. And all of a sudden, I got the understanding of what the word meant. And what it meant, I'll just, you know, just nutshell it for you. Um, it was, um, I told you all I'm doing a retreat in Florida in April. And in Pensacola. And what it's going to do is that that retreat is going to be a catalyst to start revival in Florida, like not like Brownsville, because God never duplicates. But it's going to be the catalyst for revival for Pensacola, Florida, likened unto the Brownsville revival. Now, I could have thrown that away. But as I'm driving, and I was just I was thinking about what I was going to teach, and I was just thinking, and I was trying to make notes, you know, I was speaking into my phone and everything, and all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb went off, and I understood what, what, what that word meant. And she gave me that word probably, it was last year, probably in the fall, maybe in, um, it could have been like September, something like that. And it just rolled around in my bag for, for months. I had no idea. So someone can give you a word, and it may not make sense, a prophet or even just, you know, you have to be a prophet to prophesy a word. Just be in tune. Write it down. Make sure you write it down. See if it lines up with the word of God. Just make sure it lines up with the word of God, you know. And if it doesn't make sense, just shelve it. Pray about it, and, and God will give you understanding when you least expect it, but when you need to hear it. Does that make sense? You know, so don't don't ever... And, and I'm, even those that get words, don't question that word that, you know, I don't know why I'm hearing this. I don't know why I'm getting this. You know, just ask God to, to, to give you understanding on what he's doing in and through you. He is awakening that gift on the inside is what he's doing, okay? And you, don't, you can be young. I'm telling you what, my kids were in the first and third grade. And one kid um, prayed in tongues, the other one interpreted, and then the oldest one, which was Haley, prophesied to me as a third in, in the third grade about something I was going through because I was worried and, and I was really anxious and I was really, you know, just really concerned about our house selling in Kentucky. And she gave me a word. That brought me all in the same day. All this happened like within, you know, 30 minutes. You know, um, remember when I told you all that the, it was on Christmas morning? And, and I, I, I'm saying this, I, I know I'm telling someone this. I don't know if it's a person here but I, or through the camera, but somebody needs to hear this. This is for their child. So on Christmas Day, God uh, told me that he wanted to give my kids a gift his gift of the Holy Spirit, that the little gifts were fine, but what he wanted to give them was greater. So I sat down, and I talked to them, and I said, God wants to give you a gift, and immediately both of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, they never questioned it. They never, nothing. They just filled, speaking in tongues, both of them. Now, now listen, it threw me off a little bit because I was like, listen, don't be speaking in tongues in school. (laughs) You know, you know, you get a new language, you know, you know, you just want to share it. You know, like I was in the airport and in the international air, uh, side of it, and everybody's speaking in another language. So I just started speaking in tongues. I'm like, <laughs> I did. So they started speaking in tongues at that very moment. And 
one spoke, gave a word, the other interpreted, and then the Haley gave prophesied to me. And that was first and third grade. And that word changed me at that at that moment because I needed to hear it because I was I was really, you know, outside of the the character, my because I was into worry and, and anxiety, and I was like, our house hasn't sold, and we're paying two house payments, and blah, blah, you know, it was one of those situations. And so it's something about limiting God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you have put limits on God. And God says, you cannot limit me. limit me. You cannot put me in a bottle and cap it. He says, my wisdom is multifaceted. He says, the manifold wisdom of God. He says that I can do exceedingly and abundantly if you just allow me to. So whoever that is for, stop putting limits on God. He wants to do more in and through you. He wants to do more in and through your children. He says, your eyes have not even seen what I'm going to do through your children. So, all right. So wisdom, Proverbs 4 and 7, wisdom is the principal thing. It is God wants us operating in wisdom. He says, therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. So as a teacher, under, under the fivefold ministry, teachers will always teach so that you will get understanding. Teachers demand growth. There, it is a demand. I'm, I'm telling you, when I, when I start a scripture, I expect you to finish it because I've already said it 150 times. And y'all do. Y'all, y'all are good at it. Excellent. I'm talking about on point, right? Because a teacher... And, and this, is, this is how you know if you're a teacher or not, you know, is you expect growth, um, you expect maturity. A lot of churches cannot, their people will not mature without a teacher. This is why teachers are so important. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because you can, you, a pastor has an opportunity to come in and preach, right? You preach a sermon, great, you'll get something out of it. Yet your mindset is like, okay, I got to get home, get, got to get the kids' lunches together and get, you know. Bible study is different because on Sunday morning, you're on a time constraint. On Tuesday or Wednesday night, I can stay in here as long as I want. I don't, but I can. But I can take my time and teach in such a way that you get understanding and create an environment that if you don't understand, you can ask a question. So teachers are sometimes the only ones that can bring understanding in the body. Does that make sense? Because that's their whole job. Their whole job is study, 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 convey it in such a way that you can act it out in your life. Does that make sense? So this is, this is how you know. I want you to, if there's teachers in here, you should start perking up. So that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching the five-fold ministry so you will understand where you fall at in it. All right? So teachers, you don't get freedom in what you hear. You get freedom in what you understand. Does that make sense? So that's why teachers are critical in this walk, right? Like I was telling DJ, I said, see, pastors... You know, they, they, he agrees, he agrees. He's pastors, you'll come in for counseling, right? Like I, t I already told you all, you know, a few weeks ago, you don't come in for counseling with a teacher, right? D DJ saw me demonstrate this, and, and, and I came in there with my Bible. I had, I had marked all the places that needed to be marked that I was going to bring out, you know, well, you need to do this, and if you meditate on this, and if you do this, then you would act right. If you'd act right, she'd act right. And if you, people don't want to hear that when they're hurt and broken. Yeah, well, it comes through pastoring. 
It comes through him listening. And then, and because teachers, I don't know if this is true across the board. I just, I know it's true with me, are impatient. So when you want to talk and talk and talk, and, and I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, my gosh, let me just get to the, I can fix it. If you would just, just meditate on this three times a night and then go to, go to 1 Corinthians, what, 13. If you understand anything about love, then you wouldn't be talking this way. And, no, you don't need a teacher in counseling. You need pa- DJ. Pastor DJ, is, he'll sit there and he'll listen. And he's patient. And he'll coddle him. You, you don't. You don't. There comes a time for that. But in the beginning, it's repair. In the beginning, it's, it's trying to comfort and heal you know, what's going on. They don't, they don't need to hear, you know, the three points of the agape love. And this is why you're not doing it. No, because for most people, they're hurt and they're broken. And, and they, just, they just need somewhere, a safe place to come in. And you can just, it's like I said, coddle. And, you know, and I'm that person that just wants to hurry it up and let's get to it. You know, um, so teachers, teachers teach for understanding. Teachers aren't great for counseling. I, I think I could do okay. I'm just not great at it, you know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. It's okay. It's not her. All right. Yeah, she's good. We got two weeks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wrap this up. So, um, Matthew 4.23, and it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Okay, so, teachers. Teachers, got, this, is, this is what's so cool about this ministry. You know, everybody looks at the five-fold ministry as the apostle being the greatest, and then next, the prophet, and everybody wants to be apostle because the apostle's in charge, and, and everybody wants to be a prophet because the prophet gets the prophesy and all this good stuff, you know, and then the and it goes on down. And they think when you get down to the pastor and the teacher that we're just nothing. You know, and it's not true, Okay. I want, now, let's read this one more time. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's first and foremost. That's, got it, that's, that's me all the way. You've got to be able to teach the kingdom but because you've got to be able to teach what people are living in. Whether you see it, it's not a physical kingdom. It is a spiritual kingdom. Right? And that's what you entered into when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. At that conversion, you just walked into a kingdom. People have to understand that. So, and then it says, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Signs and miracles and wonders will come with teachers as well. And it's because when you teach, sometimes you have to what? Demonstrate. Is that not an effective teacher? When you know when a teacher gets up, it, aren't those some of your favorite teachers in school? When you when, yeah, and they they demonstrate what's what what that what a counteraction is or whatever you know some type of sign scientific scientific project or science what it, biology. Yeah. <laughs> so they healing. All kinds of diseases and sicknesses comes along with teaching. You know why? Because you can teach what, what is expected in a kingdom. And then his presence and his power just shows up. The anointing for that just shows up. And you can lay hands on it. I'm telling you what, don't spit on teachers. They're gone. It. We're good. I'm telling you, stop looking at the five-fold ministry and thinking that you want the best. You don't get to choose where you fall at. It is a gift that has been given, that has been placed on you. 
And when you're done with being a prophet, doesn't mean that you graduate over to an apostle. You don't. That's not how it works. Stop trying to transfer yourself out of a, a prophet or a teacher or a pastor or evangelist and, and own up to something greater. They're, they're all great. Every one of them. Jesus operated in every one of them. Stop desiring the best because you deem that the best. It's not the best. Mine's the best. <laughs> the teacher is the best, daggone it, because she brings what? Understanding. That's right. So you could walk this walk out, daggone it. Shoot. And then, and then pastors, because they get to listen and coddle you. <laughs> Mark 6, 6 and 34. I'm, I'm wrapping it up. We're almost done. Okay, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd waiting, and he was moved with what? Compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, lacking guidance. And he began to do what? Teach them. So that's, this, is, this is why this is so effective outside of the four walls of the church when you operate as a teacher. So when you encounter someone, that has church hurt, you know, or disappointment, you know, or whatever it is, and you're walking and you understand what your mantle is, guess what you're going to bring them? You're com- you're, they're gonna, you're going to see them. We were, we were talking about this, uh, Pastor DJ and I, and when you minister to people, there, there, is, there, is, there are times that you can feel their pain. And that's, and I'm, before they even say anything, they don't even have to tell you, but you can feel how hurt they are. And, and God allows you to feel that because he allowed Jesus to feel it. And he says that he was moved with, with compassion. He was moved with compassion. And why? Because he says they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he could, he could feel their pain, their loneliness. He could feel their separation from the, from the church. He could feel that they needed guidance. And, and he was able to give, that's what a teacher will do. He will give them and, 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 and turn them into the, in the right direction to send them on their way back to God. It, it, I don't care what church you go to. God says, fail not to assemble yourself with other believers. So you need to be around other believers because there is something in, in unity that happens. You need to be around other, other believers because the church won't work running on three cylinders or two cylinders. So he wants to activate that gift on the inside of you so that you will operate in that gift and you won't be out a wandering sheep, just out, strays, every, just going from here to there. And the reason why they're doing that is because the church hasn't properly equipped them for the work of the ministry and frustration sets in and then they leave. So do you see how critical it is to have the five-fold ministry at work in every church, every church. So, all right. So I'm gonna end with I'm gonna end with that, guys. I just I, I want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank our our online class for for joining in tonight or whenever you join in. Be blessed and thanks for showing up.